0: Thanks for checking out the Ascent Church podcast. Our mission is to reach, equip, and impact others exactly where they are as we rise to new life in Christ. We hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Thomas Lane. Today is Vision Sunday, so it's a little bit different. Today answers the question, why? Why are we here? Why are we doing this? Because I know I'm talking to two groups of people. One group, this is your church. This is your home. But it's easy for it to just become a habit. You wake up at that place you go on Sunday. You're like, This is what we do. Hope there's good donuts still. Honey, we're late. You just, this is what you do. For you, it's easy to forget why. Why are we here? Why do we get up early and set up? All right. Why do we give? Why do we serve? Why are we here? For the rest of you, maybe you're checking out church. Maybe someone invited you here. Maybe someone said, Oh, we had a good time. Come check it out. And um, I want to address you too, because I know a lot of you have been hurt by church, you've been burned. Or you've been, um, you had a bad experience. It could have been a relative or a neighbor or a person in church. Someone you trusted broke your heart. And I know that's a traumatizing thing. That's a tragic thing. But I just wanted you to know you're welcome here today. This is a church for everyone. We don't care what you believe. We don't care what's going on. We don't care how you voted, baby. We're glad you're here. We're so glad you're here today. Let's start with our name. Our name is Ascent Church. Somebody say Ascent. Some, now turn your neighbor say, it's not Accent. It's not accent. Now in an accent, say your other neighbor, it's not accent. Okay. About once a week, somebody says, oh, I'm, I'm going to come to the accent church. It's not accent. I've gotten so used to it. I just let it fly. I stopped correcting people. I got too weary of it. On the phone, in person, I'll invite someone. Hey, um, we'd love for you to come to our church. It's called Ascent. And they'll look me now and be like, oh, accent church. I'll be there. I'm coming. It's not accent. I don't even know why you would name a church accent. uh, Do we have accents? Is it like we will accent your life? Um, I don't know. I don't know why you would name it that. If there is a church called Accent, I feel bad now. If there actually is one, I feel kind of like a jerk. I should have looked. I should have looked. But our name comes from a group of Psalms. We're going to talk about that today. The Psalms are God's hymn book. There's a group of 150. They're called Psalms. They were songs of praise. They're in the Bible. It's a big fat book. And our name comes from them. And I want to turn your attention to Psalm 122. 122. You can look in, in your Bible if you brought one or on the app, or if you'd like, you can follow me right up here on the screen. you versions a great app. All our notes, everything you need is right there, baby. Psalm 122. If you look, there's a little tag at the top in most of your Bibles. It says, Psalm 122, a song of ascents of David. Now, what's that about? It doesn't say a song of accents. Okay, don't misread it, a song of ascents. What does that mean? Well, the of David part, that's easy. That means this guy, David, wrote it. King David, he was a poet, a king, a warrior. He wrote it. That's cool. But what does it mean of a song of ascents? There's a group of Psalms, 120 through 134, and all of them will say that. It depends on your Bible. Most Bibles will have it in there. This is a group of Psalms, which we think had a particular purpose. You see, three times a year, God's people in Israel would go up to Jerusalem to worship. And when I say up, they literally went up. They literally ascended up because it was hilly, it was mountainous. Jerusalem was at the highest point. Like for military stuff, that's a strategic location. God called them to be the light of the world. So to be able to see it for miles, that's a strategic thing too. And then in a spiritual sense, being high, elevated, reached up to God, ascent makes sense. And three times a year, they went up to the festivals to praise God, to stop whatever they're doing and worship him and put him first And they would sing these songs along the way. They would sing them on the way and not even on the way. When they would get to Jerusalem after that long hike up, you know what they do? They climb the steps to the temple and they would keep singing them, keep singing them, keep singing them. These are songs about how life is a journey. And I love that as a name for a church because we're all on a journey. We're all in progress. This is a whole process. Don't you ever for a second think you've arrived. Don't you ever for a second think I've made it, I'm here. And we all know someone like that. And sometimes we act like that a little bit, but God will just knock you flat. We're all on the journey. We're all on the way. We're all on the way. And a lot of y'all are in different walks of life. And I love that. I love that. Some of y'all have been in church your whole life. God bless you. Some of you, it's your first time. You don't know what, what, what this is like, but I love we're all in this together. We're all in this together. We're all on the ascent not the accent together. These Psalms have some themes. The first is worship. We love to worship here at Ascent Church. If you notice, service is always gonna start with worship and end with worship to remind us something very very important, which sometimes we forget. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about him. We're gonna start lifting him up. We're gonna end with that. That's how we start and end every single service because it's not about us. You might think for a second, it's about me, but it's not about you. It's not about you. They're about worship. They're about unity, togetherness, all being. If you look around this church, church is the only thing that could bring this random group of people together. You ain't going to see this group, no offense, at the gym or at Walmart or Target. It, it, church is it, especially at a middle school of all places. It's about unity. It's about worship. It's about unity. And it's about purpose. Y'all, when we worship, we're here for a reason. This isn't convenient. Because convenience doesn't change the world. Convenience doesn't lead you down the path that God has for you. Some of us, we take the path of greatest convenience. That's what we do. If there's a choice, we don't know which way to go. We just lean towards convenience. You might not think about it. Maybe you've done it so long. I do it all the time. It's like, well, this is easy. I'll just go this route. It's easy to do. It's easy to do. I want 2019, it's coming fast, to be the year we lean away from convenience. Because convenience doesn't change the world. Did you see the picture that God has for his people gathering to worship him, climbing up in the Middle East, in the desert, up a mountain as a family, young people, old people, pregnant women, men frustrated, not asking for directions, lost in the desert, all going on this road trip on a donkey. The kid keeps poking the donkey, poking the camel. Then all this together, none of this is convenient. Nobody likes doing cardio. Some of you think you do, you don't. Deep down, you don't. Some of y'all, I know it, you skip leg day. That's okay, I'm not mad at you, okay? Have you ever been to the mall and you get to the, the, the escalator and it's broken? And you're like, what do I do? You're waiting for like a mall attendant to come carry you up. Is there a button I push? Can someone piggyback me up? I'm not walking up the stairs. No, 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 I'm not doing that. When God called his people to do this, he knew very well this would be inconvenient. I wanna challenge you to take a step away from the convenient. Our friends with 99 for the One, they went up to DC. Um, that wasn't convenient. Going up to DC, walking on the streets, going after the people under the bridges, on the side of the road, loving on them, knocking on tents, not knowing what you're gonna find on the other side. God calls us to stretch ourselves because you don't grow when things are convenient. Some of y'all are mad. You're like, I'm not growing. I'm not growing closer to God. My marriage isn't growing. I'm not growing with my kids. I'm not growing at work. That's because we're trapped in the bubble of convenience. We got to stretch it. We got to come outside it. If it's church, if it's life, if it's getting in shape, whatever it is, things that are convenience often do not change the world. We haven't even gotten to the Psalm yet. I'm just up here talking. Let's get to verse one. That was the, that was the, That was the header I was preaching on. Let's get to verse one. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Have you ever stopped, sat back, looked at where you are and say, oh my God, God did it. Like he brought me here. I want you to do something. It might sound a little weird, but look down at your feet. We're in a middle school. There may be some inappropriate things written around. I hope there aren't, but look at your feet for a second. I want you to think for a second, imagine all the things that God has brought you through. Just think back for a second over the decades of the fears, the trials, the tribulations, but by his amazing grace, you're still standing. He's brought you through some stuff. He has, he has. And this is what the Psalm does. And this is a, this is a song, this is an act of worship. When he starts worshiping, the first thing he does, he said, my God, I've been through some stuff. I climbed that mountain and notice he's not taking credit for it. He's given the glory to God, but I don't think we do that enough. We got to look down and say, my God, look where we're standing. Look where we're standing. So I think we're so focused on the past. We miss it. And sometimes we're so fearful for the future. We miss it. Notice how in the present he is. He's looking down at his feet saying, our feet are standing in your gates. I want to challenge you to do this. This is a song of worship. This is linked with worship, okay? This is a worship song, and he's looking at his feet. Tell your neighbor, say, we made it. We made it. We're still on the journey. We're still in the process, but we've come some ways. We made it. I can't believe it. We made it. We made it. He's almost like he's almost in disbelief. He's like, we climbed that mountain. We got up there. We made it. Here we are to worship. Is God telling us this should be a regular thing? Because I know this is me, I'm probably some of you, when you are worshiping or maybe talking to God or just mentally just sitting there, my mind tends to drift to the negative. It tends to drift to the things I don't have or the things I'm uncertain about, rather than the things I am sure of. It really does. When you worship, when you sit with God, when you seek him, do you focus on the have not or the have got? For example, I think he's challenging us to change the way we worship. When you worship, are you frustrated? Are you worshiping? Are you stressed? Are you praying thinking, man, I have not a man. I have not a spouse. I have not the relationship I wanted. God could be challenging, rather than saying, I have not a man, to be thinking, I have got some great friends. I have got some work to do. You know what? I've got some issues in my character I want to clear out. Maybe I'm not ready to meet the right person. You know what? I have got a great family. I have got a great church, a great group. I'm for the first time surrounded by people who unconditionally love me. I have got some people around me, but we focus on the one we don't have. We focus on the have not. Maybe you're frustrated, you're praying because you're thinking, I have not great finances. I have not great finances. I'm a little worried. I'm a little frustrated. But I want you to stop for a second and think, wait a second, I have got everything I need. I've never been without, and yeah, I'm not driving that car I actually wanted to be driving at this point in life. I'm not at that income level I wanted to be at, but you know what? I've got everything I need. My kids are healthy. I'm healthy. I have a job. I have got everything I need. This is a whole different way to worship. You may be thinking, you may be stressed. I have not a perfect life, but I want you as you're raising your hands to think I have not a perfect life, but I have got through some stuff, through some dangers. I have got through some toils. I have got through some snares. I have got through those addictions. I have gotten, I've made some progress in this in my life because God was with me. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. And I'm not saying to not cast your anxiety on him. Scripture says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I'm not saying don't bring in the negative. I'm saying you should, but don't stop there. You gotta look back. You gotta look down. This is what we should be mindful of when we worship. So often we lift our hands and almost complain. What about this? What about that? I want y'all when we worship today, or if you come to worship night, I want you to spend some time lifting your hands for what he has done for where he has brought your feet. I think that'll change your perspective. I think that'll change our perspective. In regard to this church, I came to tell you our feet are here. Our feet are here. I remember when this church was a dream. I remember when we didn't have a name or a logo or a vision. I remember when there were eight people on the team. Sometimes you gotta look down and you gotta look back and you say, oh my God, he's done so much. He's done so much because life is so fast, you might miss it. You might miss it. You see, we as a church exist to do three things. The first of which is reach, reach. We want to reach people exactly where they are. You may not know this, but one in five adults in Hampton Roads is actively connected to a church. One in five, one in five. So between um, Norfolk, Chesapeake, and Virginia Beach, there's about 935,000 people. That one in five number holding up, that means there are 748,000 people in Virginia Beach, Chesapeake, and Norfolk not currently attending a church, not actively connected. I'm not talking Christmas and Easter. I'm saying that's my church. That's my home. That's where I'm involved. Y'all, we almost didn't plan a church here because we said there's great churches. There's plenty of churches, but the point is this, the need is great. Three quarters of a million people, the need is great. I'm just curious, where are the Virginia Beach people in the house? There we go. Where's the? This is where it gets fun. Where's the Norfolk people? Yeah. There's either more of them or they're louder. I don't quite know. Maybe a little of both. Where's the Chesapeake people? There we go. That's awesome. I, I, in the volunteer service, I forgot everyone else. People were bitter. I was like, that's it. Okay, where's the, any peninsula people? Right on. Um, Suffolk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about p Town? Yep. Uh, Pungo. I wonder how far you're driving. No. Yeah, Newport, New Hampton. I said peninsula. My bad. I meant the whole thing. Newport, New Hampton, Yorktown. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I know where y'all sit now. Y'all. The point is this. The point is this. We want to be a church where. If you're looking for a church, if you're looking to connect, if you're looking for a place to plug in, use your gift, get involved, or you can call this home. Maybe you're church shopping. Maybe you just moved here. Maybe you just are getting involved. I met some of y'all before. We talk all the time. You're just new. You're looking for a church. I get that. I love that. You're welcome here. But more than that, we're here to be a church for people who've been burned by church. Who don't like church, who have been hurt by church, who have been frustrated or jaded or felt like they never fit in at church or felt like they couldn't, they had to hide something at church or they felt like, you know what, I can't let people know the real me at church or I don't think I could ask that question at church. We're a church for you. We're a church for you. You're welcome here. You're welcome here. You're welcome to join a group, to join a team, to call this home, to drop off your kids, to get an Ascent Church magnet and put it on your mom van, put it on your Kia Sorrento or whatever you're rocking, riding around town in. I'm cool with it. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're here. And this is why you may think we're crazy people. This is why we're crazy about social media. Because right now, I know this is weird. This is the number one outreach tool on the planet. If you would have told me hundred years ago, 50 years ago, that one day God is going to use this little mysterious black rectangle in everyone's pocket. And that's going to be the number one way people get to church and hear his word. And you say, that's nonsense. That's garbage. Well, that's what he's doing. I don't understand it, but that's what he's doing. And that's why we're crazy about it. Jesus said something which really is valuable to us. Luke 19.10, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. A lot of you have heard that, vo- that, that, that verbiage. Jesus came to seek and bring home the lost sheep, but you may not know when he said it. He said it to a guy named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was seen as a social outcast. He was a tax collector. He conspired with the Romans. He conspired with the bad guys, the enemies. He ratted out his friends and made a lot of money doing it. He was like this repo man for the bad guy. Nobody liked him. Nobody respected him. And he profited off of kind of being a sleazeball.
1: Well, one day he interacts
0: with Jesus and it changes his life. He changes everything. He repents, he turns back, he gives his life to Jesus, everything changes. And Jesus says this, Luke nineteen nine. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Somebody say "too." He says this man too, meaning him also, meaning even him. Because sometimes you look at someone and you're like, not him, not her. Some of y'all are like, not me, I've gone too far. I've messed up too much. But you need to realize Jesus looked at someone who everyone would have said, there's no way he comes to faith in Jesus. There's no way he starts following God. This guy's life was completely changed. And Jesus said, this man too is a son of Abraham. He's in the family. He's no longer an outsider for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. If the outsider was welcome, we are all welcome. There are no outsiders. They are no outsiders. Jesus said, that's why we're here. Jesus said, that's my mission. And I came to tell you here to send church. That's our mission. So when you're serving, why why am I serving? To seek and save the lost. Why am I inviting? Why am I giving? Why am I getting here early to set up and tear down? No, no, no. It's to seek and to save the lost. Because I came to tell you, Jesus's mission is our mission. We can't say, we can't look and say, Jesus says, my mission is this. And we as a church can't say, that's a cool mission, Jesus. I like that. But our mission's over here. You can have that mission. We want to be a little something, a little more comfortable, a little more easy, a a little more convenient for me. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. It can't be how it works. Our mission must always be his mission. I've only gone two verses. I'm having fun. Verse three, verse three, Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up. Remember the ascent, they climb up. That's where they go up, the tribes of the Lord to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. No offense, David, I know you're the king. I know you're a man after God's own heart, but these are the worst worship lyrics I've ever heard. I I ain't heard that on K-Love, I don't know about you. You ever heard a song about that? Imagine the band comes out and they get their guitar and he's like, let's sing it out. Let's get loud. And he's like, Jerusalem is like a city built like a city that is closely compacted together. You'd be like, what are we singing about? This is a worship song. This is weird. I don't get what's going on. I think David hasn't lost his mind. I think there's a point. I think there's a point. I think he's saying, this is what God's people should look like when we worship. This is what the family should be like together, compacted together, unified, one purpose, tight. Philippians 2.2 says this, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Because we are a sense, we are stronger together. We come together for a great purpose. Did you see Zacchaeus? His life completely changed when he met Jesus. His life changed course. It completely changed because you need to realize if you have a real authentic experience with Jesus, your life will never be the same. That's just how it is. You can't have a real interaction with him and go about the status quo. It changes everything. For the better, but it changes everything. Because the second part of our mission, y'all, is to equip. We want to equip you to discover your God-given purpose. Some of us don't feel alive. We feel like we're just drifting around, not really focused on anything. We don't feel like we have that spark. I would say it's because you haven't found your God-given purpose. You're doing good things. You're busy. I'm not saying that, but I think God puts something in you that when you access it, you actually spring to life. It could be serving at the church or loving on the youth or hanging out with kids or loving on the homeless or helping foster families. I don't quite know what it is, but we want to help you figure that out. Zacchaeus repented. He turned around. He became very generous. Church can easily be an emotional experience. It can easily be I'm feeling empty. It's been three weeks. Let's go to church Sunday. I need to fill up. I need to fill up. You may treat church like Wawa. Now, I love Wawa, but I want to ask you where are my Wawa people at? Where are my Sheets people at? Three people. That's, I'm embarrassed. Y'all need to go to Sheets. If Sheets was here, I'd be there every day. She y'all are like, what sheets? What is it? You gotta go. You gotta go to sheets. Wawa is great, but it's only competition in my mind is sheets. I'm getting off subject. Let me get back to it. The point is we treat church like Wawa. I'm gonna pull up with my squad. I'm gonna fill up. G- 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 maybe get a latte, maybe a sandwich, maybe a water. I feel good. I feel refreshed. I'm off. I'm off. See you when I need you again. See you when I need you again. Is church for you more like Wawa? Or is it more like the weight room? Because I think it should be less like wah-wah and more like the weight room. Now, it still may fulfill you. You still may be hyped up, but I want to stretch you. I want to grow you. I want you to become more of who God made you to be. I want you to feel like you got to work out. I want you to feel like you got to work out. It's a little wah-wah, it's a little weight room, but we got to do both. We got to do both. Look what scripture says, 11. And he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, meaning he gave a lot of people to the church with a lot of different gifts. You may not realize it, but you have a gift. You may don't know what it is. You maybe have never tapped into it, but when you do, I guarantee you, you will feel more alive. God's buried something in you that no one else can quite do like you. He gave us all these gifts to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So our job as the church is to equip you for ministry. To equip you to be a better mom, dad, husband, child, student, athlete, whatever you're doing in life, a better worker, a better citizen. To build up the body. We're here to build up the body, to do some body building. Hashtag body building at church, y'all. That's what we're doing today. Meaning we all have different gifts, different abilities. And that's good because together we make a unified team. The model of looking at the pastor to do everything and to be everything is not only outdated, it's ineffective. It's not only ineffective, it's unbiblical. It's not God's intent, and it never was. Let's close out, five through nine. There stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David, meaning this is an important place. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your prosperity. We wanna do three things. We wanna reach people, we wanna equip them. And finally, we wanna make an impact. Let's make this city great for all people. Let's make it great for all people. I want this to be our reputation. If people disagree with us, if people don't know us, they think people, if think, people think religion is stupid, that's fine, but I want them to still respect you. To say, you know what? I don't believe what they believe, but oh my God, they love the homeless. You know what? I think they're kind of looney tunes lifting their hands and singing out, but you know what? They really wrap their arms around military families and they get them through every single deployment. You know what? They seem a little woo-hoo, cuckoo, cuckoo, but you know what? They invest in kids and in students and with foster families. You know what? They do that right. They love on this community. That's what our reputation needs to be because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Meaning we can walk down the street yelling and trumpeting. This is what we believe. People don't care. And I don't blame them. We have to show, hey, we need business. We actually do love everyone unconditionally. We are actually here to make a difference. Then and only then people say, wait, what's going on there? Is this something real? Is this something real? You see, this is one of the few things you'll invest your time into. That's eternal. That will not fade or tarnish or ruin. We are ascent. We are a group of people called to climb upward, seeking God, drawn close. We climb together. We ascend together as an act of worship. And it's all because of Jesus. You see, Jesus Christ was the perfect son of God. He came here to do this, to reach people exactly where they are, to equip them, and to impact the entire world. That's what he came to do. He came to bear our sins on the cross. He lived this perfect life. And y'all, he died this perfect death to reunite us with the father. He took our sins on the cross. He buried them so that we may have access to the father and true life. And you might not know this, but Jesus Christ actually went on an ascent. The last week of his life, where did he go? If you've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you see he set his eye to Jerusalem. It was the Passover. And where did did they all go? They went up to Jerusalem. He did the same thing. He didn't just climb up to the city. He climbed up to the temple. He didn't just ascend to the temple. He ascended to this hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull. He didn't just ascend there. He ascended to the cross. Jesus Christ made the ultimate ascent. He climbed, he came all the way from heaven, all the way down, and then he climbed all the way up. He ascended to that cross for me and for you. He died in our place. Don't you for a second think, oh, we want to help the community. We're doing this, we're doing that. It's not our idea. It's all because of him. It's his power flowing through us. It's his calling. It's his, we're following in his footsteps. That's the only way we're here. That's the only reason we're able to do this. His mission is our mission. May we join him in his death. May we be united and risen with him in his life and resurrection and above all else. May we be united with him in his mission to reach people exactly where they are, to equip the saints for acts of service, to make a great impact, Father God, to be the light. I love you. I Off need you spiral. and I want you in my life. We believe Jesus is on the move in Virginia Beach. And if you would like to learn more about who we are and our mission, follow us at Ascent Church 757. If you would like to give to further our mission to impact this city and beyond, you can do so at our website, ascentchurch.net. We hope to see you soon.